Monsters Madness For Monsters For Madness For Magic For the Forsaken For the Horde! Welcome to the Monsters Madness and Magic podcast. I am Justin, and this evening I'm joined by a very special guest, the Banshee Queen, the Dark Lady, your war chief and mine, the talented Patty Matson. Patty, how the hell are you? Hey, Justin, it's so good to be here. So, 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 so good to see your beautiful face. <laughs> oh, don't make me blush. Your, wait a minute, your handsome face. What's up? <laughs> it's, it's great to have you, Patty. So... I guess we'll get started at the beginning. Do you recall a Eureka moment uh, when you were younger, perhaps, where you decided to pursue acting? Um, you know, I started doing like monologues when I was six years old in my first grade talent show, and then after that, you know, I did one in the second grade. In the third, in the third grade, I got stage fright. Eesh. Can you believe stage fright didn't jump? They're like Patty Matson, and I'm like out in the car. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Uh, fourth grade, I got over it, and I started to sing. And then in um, at the end of junior high, I went to theater school. So for me, it was a, it was almost like a natural thing that sort of flew out of me. And mm. it was something I continued to do throughout my life as a result. So I don't know that the Eureka moment happened when I was six, watching that crazy comedy show. And I was like, I'm going to go do this at the talent show. <laughs> I was only in the first grade, but I guess I knew. That's uh, so. What creative outlets did you have when you were younger? Did you have a lot of devour films, literature, music? Um, you know, uh, my mom played tons of great music in our home. My aunt Carol was a played guitar. She was a theatrical actress, uh, and my sister and I would sing with her. And my uh, my dad was an incredible guitar player and singer. Uh, as his brother is to this day, uh, he passed away when he was only 26. Mm. Um, but again, I mentioned earlier I was in the theater school. I always loved a great story or movie, and I always found something to mimic. I don't know, or use as a funny story to sort of retell family at some family reunion or get-together. We have a huge family. Um, and I just have a lot of artistic influences uh, in my friends, in the bands I played in, so many musicians in my life, and so much great music. Um, I, I guess I did. I, I guess it was all around me. Now, do you uh, play any instruments yourself or do you sing? That's well, your voice is a instrument. <laughs> well, yeah, but still, no, that's a perfectly valid uh, question. You know, I started playing guitar in my first band because uh, one of the rhythm guitarists, uh, Rice Garcia, <laughs> he was uh, him and Gary Snetsinger, God rest his soul, um, both incredible guitarists. And since my dad played right, I felt sort of like an affinity to play guitar. But every time I picked it up, and I played for about five years, I felt like I was starting to get sort of okay. Um, mm. But I felt encumbered by this in live gigs. And because my career took a, took a turn towards music when I was like 15, and then it stayed in that window so much of the time, um, I just kept setting it down, setting it down, and, and picking up the mic and 
and it just didn't stick, um, which I, I regret because I started to play piano a tiny bit too. And I got to like two hands, stupid little songs. And I, you know, it helped me in my writing, but I had so many more complicated ideas in my head than I could play. And I was surrounded by these amazing players. So I'd be like, well, it goes like this. And they'd just whip it out like it was candy. <laughs> and so then I just got spoiled and lazy. So now, yeah, I'm not a very good player now. I've got a beautiful um, Blue Ridge guitar, though, that's customized Ooh. and sounds like, oh, it sounds like magic. But every time I pick it up, I can, you know, thrum through the road or something, but I suck. Yeah. <laughs> I suck. I'm I just makes perfect. Yeah, no, the guys around me are incredibly disciplined, amazing players. So I suck. Yeah. <laughs> you just mentioned writing. What, what were you writing? Fiction, well, I wrote, uh, no, I wrote all my records. So gotcha, yeah, gotcha. the road, okay. all the songs on all my records I wrote. Okay, gotcha. Uh, to this day, are you still singing and making music, or was that something that that you uh, did earlier on? Um, you know, absolutely. I just wrote a song last week, but you know, it's funny. There was a time when my focus was music, right? And I did parodies and soundalikes and some session work and jingles, and these were all things to make money, along with little outside ancillary jobs along the way, and um. The focus was music, right? So I had producers. I was being shot for a record deal. I was, you know, all those things happened, and I was constantly in a band. Um, I played with the L.A. Beat for until my, God, I don't know, until maybe a decade ago. And we were playing every holiday, every gig, all the high roller parties in Vegas. Um, you know, I've toured the whole world in bands uh, ranging from three pieces to 33 pieces. Oof. So that was a, that was a, the, that was the focus. Um, and I always wrote, but I didn't put out my own record until 2000, I think it was 10 or 12, I did The Road. Um, because I had all these songs I had written. And then The Road, I actually wrote kind of as I was doing it. Um, but I had a, you know, I just felt like, hey, this is better out there than in a closet, right? Right, um, right. But now... I'm st I'll still write on occasion, but it, those things cost so much money. And if you don't play stuff, and of course you always have licensing stuff out there available for that kind of a thing, but it's very difficult, very competitive. And if you don't make some money off of that, it, it, it just becomes like, so what am I going to do with this? Right. Um, I just wrote this really cool song, though, and I was thinking it'd be great for Christina, not Christina Aguilera, but um, the other one. Britney Super. Spears? No, no, she's super popular and, and younger. I don't know why. Uh, Ariana Grande, hello. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, would it be? I, I just aged myself, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. No, well, listen, who are you talking to? I think I'm older than you. <laughs> but um, so Ariana Grande. But, you know, you wonder sometimes, is it good enough? Is it worth demoing? Uh, I don't know. So I do still work on it. But as far as like releasing another record, maybe, I don't know. So did you enjoy playing live? Oh, my God, yeah. I still do. The last gig we had, um, I was playing with the West Side Band here. And, you know, it's funny. Is some of my favorite gigs were these gigs at this little place in the marina, Marina Del Rey, California, where we had a six-piece band, my favorite one being the Painkillers. Um, and it just was a bunch of pros who had road guys and, 
you know, producers like Michael Becker and Rob Shirelli. And, you know, these guys were no joke, but we all just got together to go play a fun gig. And so it was just magic because nobody was trying to, nobody cared to get famous or the pressure was completely released. You were just there to enjoy yourself and do what you did. And so that was by far the most fun. Um, we did just do a gig just before the pandemic hit. And um, Scott Rowey, who is the head of sort of the, him and Michael are the West Side Band. Mm -hmm. um, we were thinking about, hey, let's just do these little gigs in the marina, you know, these private gigs and stuff for fun. You know, um, we'll still make a little scratch, but we're not gonna make a killing. Um, um, so we had done one and then the pandemic hit. I still have a new mic stand in my car. I haven't even opened. <laughs> so since yeah. the pandemic has hit, have you uh, guys considered maybe streaming some shows or I know a lot of bands are doing that. Listen, you know, I don't know that because it was just us having fun yeah. and we're not trying to get that band like famous, you know, we're just going to make a little scratch and play. Um, no, I mean, Michael and I might do something coming up. We had just talked about it recently. Um, do like a cover, but not, we haven't. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. So backing up a little in regards yeah. to your theater experience, did you have any favorite roles to play on stage? You know, um, I didn't do a ton of theater uh, in my, when I went to the children's theater, I did a play called the, A Circle is the Sun. It was an original there. Um, and I had a solo and I was so excited about that. So, you know, as a young person, that and playing like the Cowardly Lion in The Wizard of Oz, you sort of, those things are what stick, oddly, mm -hmm. um, unless you made it to Broadway, which I didn't do. So, yeah, um, some of those little ancillary things are what stick. So how did you break in? How would you say you broke into the voice acting scene? How did I break in? Um, you know... I was always in a studio and I was always doing, you know, uh, singing jingles and doing my own stuff. And as a result, I just, you know, I was doing parodies at Premier Radio and then I got asked to do a little commercial, you know, that they had for something. And I, I think if I remember correctly, I was in a session doing a song and they asked me if I wanted to play these three uh, sisters that rhymed. The guy asked me, oh, you want to take a whack at these three goldfish? And they all spoke in rhymes. So they were kind of musical. Right. Um, and so I did that gig. And it just slowly turned into another gig and another gig. You know, it just kind of Snowballed. spiraled into, yeah, it sort of worked its way. in. And then after I had enough of that work to get a demo, one of my friends actually said, why aren't you getting an agent? And I was like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So, uh, you know, I went and got, you know, an agent, but I did get, take classes and really ensconce myself with the other um, in the voice actor community at that point to see the difference between, you know, what I had been doing, uh, doing jingles and parodies and this kind of thing and some just nibbles on animation and commercial work and really focusing in on what makes this work. You know, so I did a lot of different kinds of classes with great instructors uh, and and my fellow uh, voice actors to really make sure I was doing that justice. Awesome. So, Patty, I've heard in some of your previous previous interviews um, 
you've said you've said that your biggest attributes are your imagination and dedication. Can you tell us a little bit about how those specific attributes have helped you in your voice acting? You know, I almost have to say that say that um, staying dedicated. That's a tongue twister. Uh, staying dedicated uh, and and working and never straying from sort of creative work, regardless of what you're doing, is probably the most essential thing, because you just never know what will happen in this industry. You know, classes, like I just said, certainly over the years, that they help you expand and, and sort of find a home for where you fit in that world, in that, in that world of voice acting. Is narration your thing? Are you good at animation? Do you have a lot of characters under your, your belt? Um, and if so, how far does your imagination take you in those places? And I always had like some crazy idea, right? <laughs> Or some more often some crazy voice I wanted to try, um, and so that dictated that angle. But there's so many things you can do in voiceover, um, you know, biography, uh, trailers. There's just you know a ton of stuff. So I would say if the, I don't know, does that answer? Yeah, that's a great answer. <laughs> I just didn't want to interrupt you. <laughs> Sorry, this is okay. why I like to. I'm like I should write everything down ahead of time. <laughs> I digress. I go off into spaceland. You're like, okay, lady, come on home. <laughs> no, I'm listening. You talk as much oh, as you want. Oh my god. Anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. So you uh, obviously you work with your voice a lot. Do you do any preventative measures? Uh, do you maybe teas or exercises or anything? Okay, so anybody who knows me knows that I am a fitness lunatic. Um, since I was 17 years old, I've spent at least four to five days a week in a gym. At one point, I did a six-day split. If anybody knows what that is, it's like twice a day um, where you do six days a week, three days on, one off, three days on, one off. Sometimes you're in there twice a day. It depends on what body parts you're working if you're doing weight training. Um, and I did that like, I don't know, 10 for a decade. And then wow. I moved into doing more classes because, you know, you burn out. So I went to fitness classes then, always doing all my fitness classes. I think it's critical, not only to your state of mind, because it elevates your endorphins and, and gives you a bit of a boost, especially if you're feeling down, get physically active, find a way to move. Even if it's at home, go for a walk, just get your heart pumping. Um, as far as my voice goes, yes, uh, I took... When I was 15, I started getting hoarse because I was singing in a band with a bunch of guys who were in their 20s. And we were doing like local bars in my hometown, Minneapolis, here and there. And the, everybody wanted me to do Janice. <laughs> I don't know why, but they wanted to hear Peace in My Heart at that point. Um, this is very hard on your voice. And I started to get hoarse. So I went to McPhail Center for the Arts and took voice from an opera instructor, Oksana Brin, who worked with specifically breath control and or the broken voice um and since then that breath control that she taught me i find to be critical um in your every in everything you do and it's something you have to continue to remember it, it can be a little uh you know funny to once once you got it you got it but you got to stay on it and of course i'm i was germ conscious before the pandemic hit to some extent because we're all worried about the gig coming and right. you've got to sound like you. So I was always a, a bit germ nutty before this even happened. I but bet yeah, it's tease, increased now. Oh, yeah. Tease <laughs> like, yeah, hello. 
Oh, teas like throat coat, I find to be really great. I always, every Warcraft session I have, for whatever reason, I mix this Rui Bose tea bag with this throat coat tea bag, and I put a little honey in there, and I put it in the same cup for the, every session. I don't know why. It's it, Now it's like a ritual. Yeah, my wife uses throat coat, too. She swears by it. Mm, stuff is good. And it's, you know, listen, it's got a funny little taste, so if you want to hit it with some lemon or honey, that might help you to get through that. I don't know. Uh, interesting right. taste. Yeah. So you mentioned World of Warcraft. You said it. Um, <laughs> take us to how you became Sylvanas Windrunner. Um, well, you know, I had done a few sessions and then I decided that, you know, voiceover was going to be my main stay. And I got that agent that I previously mentioned. Um, and when I got an agent, it took me almost a year to book a job with that agent. So for folks that are getting representation and they feel like, my God, I'm not booking anything, what's wrong with me? Just hang in there. Sometimes it happens like this. And also you can be working your ass off doing great and then suddenly have a year where you're like, hi, pick me, I'm over <laughs> here, what happened? Um, but in the case of Warcraft, I got an audition uh, and I went to Marina Del Rey for that very first session with Andrea Toyas as my director. And um, that's how I was ushered into the World of Warcraft, that first uh, session. Great. So uh, you started in 2004, which was vanilla. You've been voicing the character for 17 years. Is that crazy for you to think about, especially after the your, let's see, that's, yeah, 17 years. Uh, well, I think it was uh, Warcraft 3 is when the transition was made to me. Um, so yeah it, it's probably at least 15 uh and it's it, you know listen it is i am so lucky daddy can we just talk about what a blessing it is to be able to play a character in a franchise this long this this doesn't happen mm -mm. It, it just you know things come and go and come and go um so i am uh, I, all i can say is i'm so grateful and honored that they would continue to have me and that i get to be her even uh, other uh, massive online multi multiplayer games do not have the longevity that WoW does. What, in your opinion, what is it about World of Warcraft that has allowed it to not overstay as welcome and enjoy that longevity? Um, you know, there, like I just said, there's so many projects that they just don't pick, get picked up. I mean, I was in Captain Underpants, an incredible animated series that made it to you know their end of their second season. Go figure, it's incredible. Um, and you don't know what what it is, what, what that little magic thing is that makes one thing stick and another thing not. Right. Um, I think that it might have less to do with me. Uh, Sylvanas is a main character in a huge story with, you know, in a successful franchise. And the story she has that they have written, the writers have written, um, resonates with the players and with people in general that the struggle she is going through I think um, and then that coupled with her powerful nature the conflictive pain in her life um, I think the writers have chosen to expand and develop her as well of course um, so I think all those things meld together to make something resonate enough with people that they're like oh my gosh we really dig this thing and um i'm a grateful participant in that sort of multi-layered magic i would call it right so 
how did you settle on her voice? Did you have any direction? Were you just in the booth trying multiple things and the director was like, Yahtzee, that's it? No, you know, when they first sent that audition, um, it came with the original gal on it. Um, and so I I heard that, and they they listed some direction, some further direction from what existed. Um, so I sort of took that and and tried to find my own place in that while aiming in a direction of maybe what not too far from what had existed because I didn't want, you know, players to be sort of like, you know, in shock mm-hmm. with this new thing. Um, but I would have to say that Andrea Toyas in that session, she does her magic. And so what you do, she has her hand in directing and giving you feedback. And that vibe was sort of, I would say, uh, you know, manufactured in that, in that direction. Sylvanas herself is a fan favorite, you know, and she's a complex character. And I just wanted to ask you how much of the story arc are you privy to how far ahead of time? Like, for example, when did you learn that Sylvanas was going to be war chief? Um, none. Truth is, we have very little lead up. And the day that Sylvanas became war chief, that cinematic you see with her and Vol'jin, I had no idea what I was walking into. Zero. And so... When I got in there and I was seeing Vol'jin, you know, um, he's a friend of mine in real life, right? Mm-hmm. So, and, and a, an incredible, incredible voice actor. But so when I saw that and she's sauntering up the, the, the pathway and I was <laughs> seeing it almost, I was seeing it unfinished as well. We see the cinematic before it reaches its end result in any, in any number of forms. It could be still drawn and just pictures um, so you really have to get your imagination going to, mm-hmm. to, to land you there. And some of it is a little more developed. Um, in the case of the uh, cinematic with Vol'jin, uh, that that one, more of it was there. But when he said, Windrana, you need to come out of the shadows and lead, I was standing in the voice with thinking, oh, Jesus, what does this, <laughs> you know, what does this mean, actually? I was just so excited and um really thrilled but i found out that day i was flipping actually that's insane and i wonder if uh keeping you guys in the dark a little bit they want a more natural uh excitement or reaction maybe in your voice from the character maybe that's the reason um listen i think it's that but i would imagine it's because that storyline has to be kept very no, we don't want anyone to know what's going to happen. It would ruin it for the players. Right. You know, definitely. we want people to be surprised. And um, I think it's even fun for us because, you know, it, it is, it's just fun for us to be like, okay, holy crap. I wonder what's going to happen. <laughs> Are they going to kill her? Is she alive? Right. Is there war? What's going on? <laughs> yeah. So, so what do the typical sessions look like? Are you guys usually in a booth by yourself or multiple people. I know you just mentioned you were in the same room as the uh, the voice of Vol'jin. Well, no, on that cinematic, I'm only saying that because I was watching Vol'jin on the screen, but it gotcha. was, you know what I mean? The voice is there, but the individual in that case was not. Now, I would say that the majority of the time you are alone. Um, the majority of the time you are not with others. Having said that, in um, The Death of Sarfang, I went to Blizzard 
and did a live sort of like five or six camera reenactment of all of that with Andrea and uh, some of the other folks uh, uh, directing through that whole process. Um, we had Christy Golden there and others uh, to sort of bring that to life before we recorded. Mm-hmm. And uh, this, and then we went into the record for that, and the, both actors were there, just like um, there's another cinematic where Sylvanas. Uh, I was with the wonderful Erica. Um, why is Erica's last name leaving my head? Erica, I'm sorry. Um, she played the the young lady in the in the field, and uh, she was like Sylvanas. You know, she asks her about hope. And she whispers in her ear there at the end. In that in that scene, we were both in the studio together. Um, and uh, Josh and I would have probably been together had it not been for the pandemic. Um, with this last those these last scenes for Shadowlands, right? Um, yeah, Josh and I did do that together with um, Christy and um, Taryn and Steve and um, Andrea. We had a whole group there with me and uh, Josh. You know. Uh, creating that cinematic uh, but this time we were at our homes we were each everybody was virtual right what's funny is i uh i have not played since cataclysm until recently so i had no idea of the the war chief storyline and then the shadowland storyline so i've just been catching up the past two or three weeks is when i started playing again so it's kind of just blowing my mind not having oh played God. since cataclysm <laughs> it's okay listen you know people come and go they take a break they come back they sometimes have to work and they just do it when they can it's all good but yeah that's a that's a ways back right to yeah be, to be catching up especially especially through the battle of azeroth yeah there's a lot there <laughs> so uh, erica lindbeck sorry oh, erica okay. erica there we go okay we got you I hate it when that happens. When like someone's name like just evaporates from your head. Right. And this, every can, day. listen, it can happen a lot in our industry because you come across a lot of each other's, right? Yeah, I so imagine you, there's a lot of Erica's. Well, no, it's not just that. It's that you come across a lot of other voice actors. You come across a lot of producers. You, you're you in a room for a short period of time with the people that run that gig. But I, if you didn't write them all down, you're, you're like, I'm sorry, who? <laughs> Don't right. kill me. I, wow. Okay, what? it's just too many people it's like if you went to a gig to play live right it's easy for folks to remember you you're in the band oh so-and-so sang and that guitarist johnny johnson whatever but if 80 people come up to talk to you some of whom you've seen before unless you really get to know someone well and really engage you're like okay don't kill me tell me again i'm sorry i don't have your name in my you know what i mean exactly happens a lot Mm mm-hmm so, Patty, what's your personal favorite Sylvanas moment? Oh, God. Uh, you know, it, I would have to say that it was initially that Vulgen scene. Because it was the most surprised I ever was as a talent walking into that scenario. Um, I was like, oh, you know, so and I loved the power in her taking control. So, but now... I would have to say it's the ripping of the mask. Oh yeah, that's a the great, leech king. Great scene. Yeah, the, I would say uh, ice crown, a <laughs> monument to our suffering. That just you know, just walking up there, I could just feel the hair on my neck standing up, and beating him, and 
just when you thought she was going to become the leech queen, she says, hell no. And she's <laughs> just like, boom, baby. Uh, that would have to be my favorite now. Yeah, that it's hard to beat that one. That's I've watched that cinematic several times. Oh, that is so magic. Did they do an incredible... It's the work of the artists. They always and do. They do the a great pro- job. My God, the programmers and the, the music. Uh, I was flabbergasted. Now, have you played, attempted to play WoW yourself? Do you play? Okay, listen. If you want to have a 10-hour conversation, this is the question to ask. <laughs> because let me just tell you, I love the game. Mm. Sorry, I had to take a sip. Um, <laughs> I love the game. I never played a video game in my life. I shit you not. And I made <laughs> friends with one of the players. Uh incredibly lovely talented artist and she was like hey you should let me take you for a ride through the game and i was like well i get motion sickness i can't do 3d rides right maybe not she's like well let's try it go in and she tells me how to go in and make a little character on the you know a try it thing right and so i make a little character and um i chose a mage as my first character because i like that she casted magic and stuff um but I, I didn't even know what I was doing. And uh, then I jumped into the game in Ogramar. And I was standing there thinking, oh, my God, is this what a video game's about? <laughs> I could not believe it. She took me for on a ride on her dragon. And then she and her partner um, took me all over the universe. They did a few quests with me, and I was smitten. <laughs> I was like, this is the funnest thing, the coolest escape. And and now, I, it's a godsend. Because not only is it a cool escape, it's a super social thing to do. So now I have those guys that I can go play with. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a hunter, a mage, and a um, paladin. Because I wanted to try the close-up fight. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I, I can't say enough. I absolutely love it. Um, Battle for Azeroth was so much fun for me because, you know, I, I leveled up, obviously, in um, Silver Moon, And I played Horde because I felt like, uh, because of my character, I felt an affinity to that. Hey, you have to. Uh, yeah, but there's, hey, I might go get a, I like the look of the Void Elf. And so I might go try to, I wondered, can you be a Void Elf Demon Hunter? I'm not sure. I mean, I'm sure if you can't, they can make an exception for you. Right? I don't know if you can or not. (laughs) But in any case, I I used my hunter in Shadowlands because when I looked at the um, Icy Veins sort of breakdown of Shadowlands, it looked like she might have the easiest roll through uh, as the first character you're leveling up. Right. And so I've got her up to like a Renown 36 now. Um, And then... My paladin I've got in Bastion, and she's maybe a renowned 12 or 15. And then I've got my mage. I'm just start. I've gotten her into her. Um, she was last, and man, that was painful to level up. Anybody who's playing a mage in Shadowlands has got to know that. Oh my God, how many times did you die? Ever, kill two, die. Kill one, die. You really have to be. I'm leveling a mage right now. You've got to be dead. Listen, <laughs> as your level, are you leveling through Shadowlands? I just got to the very beginning of Shadowlands. I'm level 49. Okay, is Bolvar the coolest thing ever? Did you see that? Wait a minute. Everybody out there, did you see the cosplay for Bolvar? Oh, the cosplay? I have not. Okay, you guys, the guy that cosplayed Bolvar 
It was the single most mind-blowing cosplay I've ever seen in my life. You got to Google this. It's in my Twitter stream. The okay, guy yeah, I'm definitely going to look at that. Flipping crazy town cool. I was like, who is anyone looking at this? How did he do that? <laughs> he must be like a major costume designer or some kind of magician. But anyway, maging, once you get your mage up to like 57 or 58, it'll get easier. And you get, and especially, you know, you can use your anima to go to the um, gear upgrader. And if you can use that to upgrade your gear initially, or even, hey, go into the, um, the, uh, Ogremar, go to Ogremar and go to the, uh, the, the, you know, the, where you can buy all the stuff. Gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah. The auction. Sorry. Auction house. Go, yeah. Auction house. Go into the auction house and buy like 164 gear. If you got the money, go buy a bunch of 164 gear for your, for your mage, because you're going to, you're going to need it. Just buy the gear with your money. <laughs> then go back to Shadowlands, level up, use your anima to get her up a little ways Actually, once I got the 164 gear, it was easier, but I was also already at 60. My difficult was my main difficulty was getting from 55 to 60. From 50 oh. to 55, I was kicking it. I was like, boom, 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 everything was gone. I was like, cool. Then I got to 55 and Maltraxis. I did the first couple of quests and thought, I got this is nothing. Bam, bam, right. And then all of a sudden, I just started getting annihilated. <laughs> Every second annihilated. And you're thinking, oh, my God, this is going to be painful. The, like I said, I hadn't played since Cataclysm. So when I came back, the biggest shock for me was, why am I getting flying at level 30? Wait, I don't have to level to like level 150. And I didn't know that the uh, level cap had been reset back to 60. It was a great surprise. Yeah, listen, and it's beautiful, but you are going to miss that flying in Shadowlands. Listen, oh, I was flying all through those other tunes, <laughs> you know, for that. Listen, I've only been playing a game for a year and a half of my life, but I loved the flying. I love my dragons. If you look at my Zoom, did you see that thing with the dragon? Yeah, because I'm still looking at it right now. What's up? That's my mage. Is that a beautiful? Yeah. That, I think that's in Ogremar. There's a place in Org where you go fight this impossible to kill dude. And, all you know... That's flying out of his zone where the big moon is. Mm -hmm. It was so cool, right? And look, let's face it, in a pandemic, when this is where you're going to be able to get social, um, I know all of us are having different experiences with that, depending on where we live and how prevalent it is in your community. I'm in Los Angeles, you know, crazy town. So for, for us, um, especially during the big surge in, in like the second, third, and fourth week of January, um, where it was really scary, uh, you know, it's a great escape. You get with your friends, you click out of the news, <laughs> listening to crazy town on anybody's side, you get into a universe with your friends and you just enjoy yourself having a blast. And I just thank God I, I have this as, as an outlet. Right. I never played a game before like a year and a half ago. That's nice. Now I'm like, I'm like a, a wow junkie. I'm over there going, are you guys going to be on? They're like, oh, shit. I really, I'm going to be honest. I did not expect you to say that you played. And then you're just telling me how to level my mage. And it's pretty great. <laughs> I'm telling you, listen, you need to go to the auction house and buy that gear. It's <laughs> going to cost you some dough, though. You're going to need like five or ten grand. Maybe okay. Extra. You might need That's that. doable. Yeah, but it's so worth it. Because mm -hmm. it's going to give her some resilience. And you know how you got to watch her health. 
So you really got gotta to back out, get invisible, get your duplicates happening. You Go know, eat your, something. Get, well, no, get your triplets out, right? Right. She's got to use her triplets, her arcane, her, you know, I'm a fire mage, but whatever you chose to do arcane might be easier. Yeah, I'm leveling arcane. Ice actually is one, it's supposed to be one of the most powerful. But what I noticed, I originally I was an ice, uh, a frost mage, but frost mages, number one, I had just started. And the friend of mine who was helping me was fire. And he knew fire. He's like an expert. Mikey knew fire and he knew how to really roll it in for me. And so he didn't know ice. And he's like, well, I don't know, you know, um, frost. So I'm fire. So I switched to fire. Um, and then I tried to go back to frost mm -hmm. because of what Icy Veins had to say about powerful mages and who, you know, the pros and cons of each class. Um, but I found that you would really have to spend time for those people who have mastered frost. Amen to you people, because it requires a lot of combinations, mm -hmm. right? And, and those combinations are critical to your success. Um, so I thought, wow, you frost mages, bravo. Cause I was like, Oh shit. <laughs> I, I played her for like two weeks and I said, you guys, I can't do this. I'm so, <laughs> I'm just so used to fire that I can't now I'm, I'm having a hard time making that transition. Right. Um, but I had no problem going from a major, a hunter to a pally. Ooh, baby. I love my pally. She <laughs> will go through Torghast and tear some shit up. <laughs> be like, <laughs> I mean, she, my gear was only 155, and I made it to level 16. Wow. And I, I think we were in, um, we were on the first one on the left side, which is, scotus hall maybe i think that's what it is um but look i was with a friend and the last two floors 14 and 15 i was we were losing our i was losing my life because my gear you can't really go in there with 155 gear but the fact that she made it that far with another person at gear that low i said man if i gear her up she's gonna be you know lethal right so i was excited about that i love torgast so if you want to put it out there, Patty, what server are you playing on? I can't tell. <laughs> what are you I had to, to ask. I had what to you doing? I had um, to. Listen, the only reason I, I keep that sort of under wraps is because I don't want it to, to be a distraction. Right. For my friends who are playing with me, um, I just think it could end up being weird. It, maybe mm -hmm. nobody, you listen, people would probably play it like, hey, hi, nice to see you later. You know, um, Josh plays um, Anduin. Our Anduin, jo Josh, uh, he he loves the game, and I know he plays, and I think he streams. Oh, that's cool. I think, yeah, I think he streams a little bit, and he doesn't, you know, everyone's lovely to him, so I don't know. But, of course, there are Alliance players that hate me. I could find myself killed <laughs> yeah. often. I'll be like, <laughs> oh, shit, what just happened? And they're like, yeah, it's the Dark Lady, let's kill her. <laughs> yeah, we don't want Oh, that, shit. Man. Better not go to war mode. Ah! No. Look, can't play in war mode. Mommy will be dead. <laughs> yeah, I just had to. So anyway, you know, I, I would like have, I would have gotten crucified if I didn't ask. Listen, you and I both. I could talk to you all night about the flipping game. So <laughs> I just love it. And then names and shit will leave my head. Uh, there's just so much there. So much content. So much fun. And um, one of my friends reads a lot of the influx of uh opinions that folks have on on the it's like a 
I don't know, where everybody goes and talks about the game, things they like, they don't like. Right. Um, and so I know that there are a lot of things people might like to see or get fixed or whatever, um, but there's so much fun shit. You and know, with, with so many people playing, you're not going to please everybody, you know? Can you imagine how does that thing even work? I was standing in Ogremar one night with all these people coming around and they, <laughs> the Alliance had come in and everybody was doing their, and I thought, look at all these people. This is amazing. Yeah, it's nuts. It's people from all over the world, all factions and cultures, and it's so beautiful. And everybody's there just enjoying having a great time playing together. All I can say to fellow players is be kind. You know, sometimes people might come into your dungeon crew and they're just learning. And let's let's bring them along. Let's teach them, right? Sometimes they don't mean to pull all those mobs. Right. Well, that sucks. I know. Yeah, that's a bummer, <laughs> especially when it fucks up the whole. You're like, oh, no. It's pet stop <laughs> yeah. oh, always the hunter yeah the hunter gets blamed for everything but if, <laughs> listen if you've got control of your pets you can be pretty pretty lethal but Indeed. you really got to watch them and keep them on follow so they don't run off and but you know in torgast you know have you been in there i have not okay in torgast you get this little black ball and it gives you power so every time you're going through these things you get this po extra power so it powers you up when you're in there well, one of the powers is your pet kills a mall rat and you get 2% of your life back. Ooh. Well, you're thinking, oh, this is cool. I'm going to take that one. Uh, no, no, <laughs> because the pet will take off to kill the mall rat and pull all of those crazy guys over. Now you're screwed. You're like, okay, that mall rat wasn't worth it. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I just started playing again and my friend has never played WoW before, but I talked him into it with me and he's leveling the hunter. So I've already given him the speech going into dungeons and all. I'm like, look, man, you'll get, there's a stigma against hunters. Just make sure your pets on follow and we'll be good. <laughs> yeah, Follow and assist. And um, yeah. And if you're going to jump off of something, dismiss your pet and then re get him back when you get, once you jump. Right. So dismiss him, jump and then call him back. But, you know, Mikey's taught me all this stuff. I wouldn't know what I was doing to st with a hole in my head. Right. I'd be like, <laughs> what just happened? I went into um, Enzoth. Have you been into that area of Battle for Azeroth? I don't think so. There's a dungeon. I think it's the Enzoth dungeon down there where you do that quest line. And I had never done it. And one night we were on, I go, hey, should we just go in and check out this dungeon? And my gal pal says, yeah, okay, cool. Wendy's like, all right. So we go in and we put ourselves in there and I'm on my pally. Don't have a lot of experience that, and I'm a tank. So I say to the guy who's calling us in, hey, yo, I should tell you, I've never been in here. I didn't watch the video and I understand <laughs> you're supposed to. So I just need to give you a heads up. If you need to boot me, I totally get it. He's like, no, just come in and do A, B, and C. I was like, okay. So we go in there, and we're in there for like, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes. And they put, should we boot that pally? And I'm howling. I'm thinking, I, t I warned you. I told you I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and they booted me. Ah, uh, come on, guys. They booted me. Listen, <laughs> they needed to boot me. I had no business going in there without watching that video, so I knew what to do. Neither Wendy or I knew what to do. If Mikey would have been with us, we would have been like, okay, Mikey, tell us, because he's so good. You know, he and, and this other young man that um, is on it from another area that comes to join us, really, really good. And they'll be like, okay, 
stay against the wall, do this, do that, do that. I mean, they just save your ass. (laughs) You're going after this guy. He's a caster, hit this, do that. And having them in your head helps you to learn the mechanics of those dungeons, especially ones where you have to do the safety dance and shit. Yeah. You're like, Oh shit. What is happening? Run over there. Stand (laughs) in the black. Get out of the way. Ah, It's so fun. Like I said, you have daily boss mods. I, you know, I don't have that hooked up. I had that for a minute and then I got rid of it. And now all of my add-ons are sort of out of date. Mm. I, I need to upgrade my add- add-ons. Uh, he has that. Yeah, it, it's a lifesaver. It, just having something scream at you. Don't stand in that. You know, it's, <laughs> it's good. Hey, out of the black, crackhead, what are you doing? But listen, I told you, if you ask me about the game, I will blather on, you know, incoherently. So oh, you just, you're, right, you need, you're right. Listen, you need to cut me off. Okay, so to date, what is the best piece of acting advice you've received? Um, I would say stay present in the moment. And, oh, even bigger, do not judge and edit yourself while you're working. This is easy to do, especially if you're used to editing your own work. While you're in that creative space, you don't get to say, oh, I don't like what I just did. Just, you have to stay creative. Don't judge your performance. Do what's flowing out of you. Let that be it. Right. Good advice. Yeah. Well said. So, Patty, you know, uh, well, you may not know, but usually we uh, interview folks in the film and television industry. So I have to ask you, what are your favorite films? Oh, my God. Uh, There's probably too many to mention. I'm an action adventure, um, sci-fi, fantasy lover. So Harry Potter, all the Marvels, Star Wars, Black Panther, um, these kind of things I really dig. Uh, Men in Black. Mm -hmm. um, But there's so many good movies that I'm like leaving out, um, uh, you know, international films and films that are dramas that are spectacular performances. So, but I'd say mostly um, it's the aforementioned, but I also like like Liar Liar with Jim Carrey. Great movie. I know that's an older film, but man, the pen is blue. Sorry. Oh, I was peeing my pants. I also love Nathan Fillion. I loved him in his last a television series, and I love him in The Rookie. I know there's something charming about Nathan Fillion's disarming sort of way. Um, so yeah, but there's so many. So when you're watching these movies. What is your favorite uh, item to snack on? What's your favorite movie snack? Oh, movie snack. Listen, I'm a sugar junkie, mostly <laughs> dark chocolate, about 65% dark chocolate. Um, but I gave up chocolate recently. I gave Ooh. up sweets. And now I'm going to be sweet free for like two months. It's a struggle. The struggle's real. Um, <laughs> but so in place of it, if I wasn't doing something kind of sweet like my homemade Jacques Torres chocolate chip cookies guys they're Ooh. so good oh deadly delicious with those 65% chips um if i'm not able to have those or a brownie um or some dark chocolate covered pretzels <laughs> i guess i'll have to have nuts honey roasted peanuts maybe some pretzels good choice. Uh, yeah, Whole Foods makes a really good kind of healthy popcorn that's pretty tasty. You make it in your own microwave. You know those heat them up? Whole Foods makes a really good heat them up popcorn for the microwave that's not too greasy, not too buttery. I like that. Well said. So 
Patty, what do you have on the horizon? Where can folks find you? Anything coming up? Well, you know, you can always check my website, Patty, P-A-T-T-Y, Matson, M-A-T-T-S-O-N.com. I usually try to post little inspirational things, you know, in, weekly. Um, and some of my updates there, I'm not that great at updating everything. Um, right now I have a animated series or show that I did on Netflix called Ridley Jones, and I play mm. Evie the mouse. I think that that's episode one or two. Um, I've done a number of looping jobs, including Patria and several others that I can't say because they're not out yet. Okay. Um, I have another animated series where I play the lead character, but I can't say because it's not out yet. Um, so, and, and, you know, there's always stuff that we do, like, uh, you know, I did a Liberty Mutual commercial. I, You have these little things that you do that people wouldn't, they'd be like, is that you doing the, you know, so-and-so commercial? And like, yeah, <laughs> and actually, I did do that. Um, so right now I've got a few cool things coming out, uh, and, uh, I'm excited actually to see what the writers choose to do with our girl. Oh yes. Always looking forward to that. What's going to happen? Is she going to, I mean, what is she going to do? Redemption or death? Does she, does she overtake the jailer or line up with them? I don't know. We will see. <laughs> People no, like, that was great. Shut? You didn't blabber. Not, listen, people are like, can you please shut up? Oh, my God. No, I, I would never think that. Oh, for the love of Jesus, right? You're like, oh, my God. <laughs> well, Patty, it's been a pleasure. I don't have anything else for you. Awesome, and awesome. Anytime you'd love to chat, we're, our doors are always open if you get something uh, coming up on the pipeline there. Oh, absolutely, honey. Thank you for thinking of me. Thank thank you for having me as part of your wonderful program. I'm excited to be there and excited for the fans to 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 check in. Hopefully they'll you'll get some hits and stuff on that and it'll draw some attention. Yes, ma'am. You have a lovely night. You got it, babe. I'll send this right out. All right, bye-bye. Okay, bye.